Well, it's been a while since my last podcast. I actually started recording earlier today before I went to work. But it was just a bad day, <clears throat> really. So I recorded like a half hour podcast and it didn't didn't remain for some reason. So I don't know if I did it or it was just the air with the phone or whatever, but uh, basically, I really haven't been making podcasts because I backslid and I was smoking a lot of herb and basically just kind of fell back in the world. And I know there's like a debate about this, like, you know, it doesn't say anything about it in the Bible, but I don't know. For me, I had a experience when I was like 17 years old where um, this guy I knew, I think his name was Jeremy Adams and uh, he hung out with this dude, Kevin Nisselbeck and Ryan Bear and um, they were all older guys I'm sure they were like 19, 20 early 20, something like that and um I don't know, like, uh, I would hang out with Ryan, and we would fight, like, he had boxing gloves and stuff, so we would just fight a lot and box, and we would go to different neighborhoods and find other kids to fight with, but, um, anyway, I just hung out with older, older guys a lot because I had to survive at a young age, I mean, I remember not even having, um, lunch at school and stuff, which really wasn't a big deal to go the whole day at school and not eat, you know, because usually my dad would tell me, um, you know, you got to learn how to defend for yourself. I'm not going to be there for you all the time. You know, this is how the world is or whatever. And so I would ask him, like, to give me ideas on how, you know, I could eat or get money. And of course, there's tons of things you can do for money as a kid, you know, rake leaves, clean out gutters. Uh, cut grass. Uh, There's just a lot of stuff that you could find to do. You know, I'm pretty sure you deliver newspapers at a young age too. But anyway, um, one of his suggestions was just, you know, find a friend and go to their house after school and raid the fridge. And um, that's pretty much what I did to survive. But, uh, I also hung out with older kids to see, you know, how they would do stuff. And, you know, I was a criminal and I did a lot of criminal things and to make money. But anyways, I was on the wrong track and I was doing a lot of bad stuff. And I was doing drugs. Hey, that was these older kids. And um, pretty sure a lot of them hung out with me because I had a lot of girls chasing me at that at that age. Um which no one chases me now, but at that age, at that age, I was, I had a lot of girls that were like wanting to hang out, you know, spend time with me or whatever. Not in a sexual way or nothing, but, you know, just a lot of girlfriends, friends that were girls. But um, anyways, Jeremy Adams, uh, he had overdosed on like crystal meth or something. They was doing really hardcore drugs. And I was just 
a weed. I was just a weed smoker and I drank too. But um, anyways, he had a near-death experience and he said that, um, you know, he talked to these angels and these angels gave him a, like a prophecy about all four of his friends that he hung out with, four or five of his friends that he hung out with at that time. And so I'm like, oh, was I in it? Was I? He's like, hold on, hold on. So, you know, I was anxious trying to find out if, like, am I your friend? Like, because, you know, it's not like I hung out with these dudes all the time, you know what I mean? But not a, enough to where I could say we were all, like, best friends or nothing, but I hung out with them. And uh, he was telling about all my other He was talking about one of my friends, Charles and Ryan, would get into a car accident in seven days or seven weeks. But he said he's pretty sure it was seven days that it was the sooner one. And that if they were on drugs that day, that they would die in a car accident. Well, that day I was driving this girl's car. Her name was Jenny Simcox. And she was from Pickerington and she had a convertible. And uh, she let me drive it. And I had weed on me. And I was going to, you know, drive it, drive her car. And, um, we were all going to go somewhere, like a park or something, and smoke or whatever. And when I was younger, that's what we did. Like, as high school kids, like, we would go to the park, like, 20 of us. We would meet up there, and we would just get baked. But um, on that day, um, my dad happened to be driving by, and he was in his Bronco, which... The top was like off of it and the doors were off of it. And it was like the older blue Broncos or whatever. It was kind of cool. And um, he seen me driving and immediately <laughs> he, he, you know, pulled, came over, like pulled up in front of me, made me get out the car. And I got grounded for the whole summer for that. But it actually was a good thing that he did that because I had the drugs on me. I had the weed on me or whatever. And if I would have stayed with them, I would have got them high and they would have got, they would have got into a car accident and died. Sorry for yawning. It's like almost 1am here. And uh, they would have gotten to a car accident and died if I had uh, stayed. If my dad didn't, you know, find me, I would have been with them and they would all been high and that car accident would have came to fulfillment. Actually, the car accident did come true because after I left they were like oh well at that time my nickname was JR because I didn't want to go by Jupiter and my last name is Rueda de Leon Rueda de Leon but um so I went by JR my little name is Raphael which was my dad's name so I just went by that nickname because um you know when I was in like elementary school and growing up I got picked on a lot by that name and I just wanted to keep it a secret because I figured if no one knew my name then no one could make fun of me and it worked you know a lot of people didn't know and they didn't ask they just thought I was like a junior or whatever but anyway um you know I got grounded immediately so I was really bad because it was like summertime and isn't that worse than being locked up you know, when the sun's out and everybody's out having fun, enjoying their life. So I was miserable for like three months. But um, 
I was bad, so I guess my dad had to do stuff like that, you know. Because once I got older, I started going to jail, and it was the same thing, like being grounded. But um, so yeah, Ryan and Charles were uh, asking to drive her car, and she let them. And I think Charles was driving, and Ryan tried to grab the steering wheel to tell him to go into a different lane. And um, he jerked the wheel back the other way, and that's how the car flipped. And they were all ejected from the vehicle. Nobody died. Not even, like, scratches or bruises, really. You know, they were all safe. And um, one thing, too, that I was kind of mad about, you know, because my neighbor, Charles Baldwin, I know this now. Not like I knew it then because I didn't know. But I knew he didn't deal with me a lot because, you know, I didn't have supervision. And I was wild and I was robbing people and getting in fights and I was just I was just really turned up at that age and uh, I hung out with Javon Reynolds who was a murderer and um, I don't know I mean I was just on the wrong path but I'm pretty sure he was living with his aunt and I'm pretty sure they knew Jesus they knew about Jesus but he never ever preached the gospel to me he never ever talked to me about Jesus or anything but it's just to let you know that God has a plan. So even when people do know, know about Jesus and they don't spread the gospel, like God's already got something else lined up just in case you don't do it. So like if God's calling you to do something in your life and you're not doing it, he's already got someone who's going to uh, fill your position and uh, he ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, obviously, you know, he has... Uh, destiny laid out for you and, and a plan for your life but um you know you have free will so it's up to you if you if you really want to do that and um now I'm kind of glad because it's weird like for me I, I it's not good to test God but if you do test God just because you're of an uncertainty and you're just still like trying to figure everything out um, God remains true. So you will see that over and over again. And what I mean by that is like, when my friend Jeremy had that near death experience, he said that if we were on drugs and kept living the life that we lived, it was going to be bad for us. So basically in that moment at the age of 17, I pretty much realized the correlation between obedience to God and what happens if you don't stay close to Jesus. Like, if you don't stay close to Jesus, you're not in his protection. You're not on his radar because you're not developing a relationship with him. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like um, if a lifeguard sees you go into the water and, you know, you're making sure that, you know, you're keeping eye contact with the lifeguard or, you know, you want to stay on their radar. You know what I mean? You don't want to, like, go underwater when they're not like looking in your direction or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how to ex explain this because that might be a bad metaphor, but basically like you want to make sure that, you know, the lifeguard is aware that you're there, you know? So if something happens, they can come to your rescue, but I don't know. That's like I said, that might be a bad metaphor, but I'm just saying like, you have to just, Build a relationship with Jesus. Um, here's a different analogy or a different metaphor, maybe. Um, say, like, you know, um, 
it's the end of the world and there's like famine hits and the only people who are surviving like the apocalypse or this uh economic collapse or people who prepared for it so maybe somebody who's got a lot of land and they were um like pat prepackaging like food and mason jars and storing things and storing water and antibiotics and you know they had like an indoor um farming system going on where they were growing their own fruits and vegetables and <clears throat> they had solar panels and windmills and other ways to generate electricity or water mill or whatever, whatever, you know, but they're just able to be self-sufficient during the economic collapse or when the power grid shuts down, like, you know, there's no electricity nowhere. And you see this house or this mansion on acres of land lit up. Um, everybody's going to go to that because they're like, oh man, electricity, food, water, you know, survive. they're trying to survive. But once you get to that compound and you're banging on the door, no, they're not going to let you in because you never built a relationship with them before the economic collapse or before the power grid got shut down or before the apocalypse. So as far as they know, you know, they don't know you. And if they never knew you, then they're not going to let you in because you can come in there to try to kill them and and or whatever they have no idea because they don't know you you didn't you never took the time to get to know them and um and so now when uh you need them the most uh they're not going to be able to be there for you and i just kind of relate that to god because um you know in the bible it says you know if uh you deny christ here on earth then he'll deny you in heaven you know and uh that's scary you know because a lot of people um deny christ here you know whether out of ignorance lack of research or whatever but i'm pretty sure um on judgment day god's going to show you numerous occasions in your life where somebody was trying to preach the gospel to you and um you know bring you to salvation and you turned them down and um, so they're, you're not going to be able to argue with God on Judgment Day. That's for sure. Because he knows everything. He knows your thoughts. And I'm pretty sure when your life is in review mode in heaven, when you're being judged, all of your thoughts are audible on a loudspeaker. So it isn't just what was spoken here, but it's also the thoughts you were thinking here. And a lot of us don't have the greatest uh, thoughts. And sometimes we think pretty evil stuff. I know if I don't stay in the word, I'm pretty evil, you know, and um, I had to change a lot of things, you know, the week, excuse me, the week of Thanksgiving, um, I stopped eating meat, so I went vegetarian, and I actually did stop smoking and uh, all of that at that time as well. Like I said, I backslid and uh, it's, it's interesting because Satan knows your weaknesses and he will constantly try to get you to get back on that path of destruction. So if you're a heroin user and you just went through sobriety and just got out of like a retreat or like a rehab center and now you're... Um, 
you know, maybe you even moved and you're not back in the same neighborhood. So, like, you took all the same precautions to just get out of that life. And you completely cut off your old circle of friends. Um, Satan will introduce new people to you and put you in situations where he can try to get you back on heroin or alcohol or pornography or, in my case, marijuana. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a war here. Like, every day it's a war, it's a struggle, you know? And the key is obedience and self-discipline. So that's when I signed, I also signed up for, uh, Matt Brown's, uh, Matt Brown from the UFC has a, a gym out here called Immortal MMA and Lewis Center. And even though I just turned 40 January 25th, well, I signed up when I was 39 technically. So it was like a month before I turned 40, but, um, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt, like, oh, you know, you're old. And obviously, I'm not there to be a fighter because, you know, a lot of fighters retire at my age. So it's really for the discipline and for the training and stuff like that. But even coming there, you know, I hear, like, certain people at the gym have said little slick things under their breath. Even an instructor said something crazy to me. A couple of instructors, actually, you know. But I don't judge them, you know what I mean? And obviously, if we're in that environment, it may not be the most, uh, you know, spiritually advanced people there. I don't know. I mean, I can't judge anybody. I have no idea about anybody's personal life. But you got to judge people by uh, the fruits of their labor and, you know, the actions and not what they speak. But <clears throat> since I'm so used to it and conditioned to it, to just people like making fun of me since I was a little kid. I mean, it started with my name, but it was always something like somebody will always like attack me in some type of way. And I just had to really understand because for a long time, I didn't understand because it would be times where I never had conversations with people. Like when I was in school, um, you know, there would just be random people. Like I, you know, in school, I had random people that would come up to me and, um, um, attack me and fight me and, and, and start punching on me and just start attacking, physically attacking me. And I never knew what it was for. Like, I never had no idea why this happened. But it happened in my family. Uh, my dad's girlfriend made fun of me. My sister made fun of me. My dad didn't really do that until, um, like, my teenage years. Like, once I hit my teenage years, ever since then and Pretty much up until his death, he spoke negatively about me to um, his other children, my half-brothers. So then they started developing like um, uh, certain perspective or perception towards me about things like that. And, uh, and that's just the thing. Like when you... When you uh, gossip and you know this is stuff like they tell us in the bible to not do you know what i mean like you don't want to make things up and uh, cause problems with you know 
it, it all comes from the devil, man. These demons are around us constantly, you know. They're around us constantly. And um, even though we don't see them, we're very um, impressionable. And everybody suffers from it, man, because these demons attack us since birth. You know, they... This whole world is just sick and disgusting. I, I, I personally don't want to be here no more. As long as I've been alive, I've never wanted to be here. Um, I tried committing suicide when I was in like third grade the first time, third or fourth grade. I tried to commit suicide. I remember my teachers used to beat me. I went to Norton Elementary School. I remember my principal used to beat me uh, with a wooden paddle. Um, I remember when I went to Worthington Park Elementary um, the teacher there, his name was Richard Raybould or Dick Raybould. Mr. Raybould is what we called him, but he, he, uh, open hand smacked me in my face so hard. I think he broke my jaw. At least it felt like my jaw was broke, but this was a grown man. You know what I mean? And, um, I remember telling my dad and stuff like nobody cared. Like that's one thing I realized in life growing up, like nobody cared about anything, that bad that happened, you know what I'm saying to me? Um, my sister and I were molested. Like my dad always would pawn us off on people for months at a time to babysit us. And sometimes they couldn't babysit both of us together. So she would have to go somewhere and I'd have to go somewhere else. And um, I remember one time, I think we were like in Hilliard or something. And uh, this couple was babysitting us. And as soon as my dad left, they um they uh chased us into a bedroom and my sister hid under the bed and I hid in the closet and the man went under the bed and tried to molest my sister and his girlfriend went into the closet. She tried to molest me and uh there was a knock at the door and it was my dad coming back. I guess he had like a seventh sense or something because I just don't like saying six really. But um, he just had probably the Holy Spirit was on him or, you know, God, somebody was telling him, like, it wasn't a safe environment for us. And when he came back, like, into the room, we were still trying to pull our clothes up and stuff because that quick they were on us. And I remember my, my underwear was like a rope because she had pulled it down so quick and violently. And she was trying to grab my private area and... um she was poking me and stuff and really uncomfortable. And me and my sister, we kind of thought it was a game at first when they were like chasing us into the bedroom, but that wasn't no game that we were used to, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's, a, you know, everybody got tough stories, you know, so like my mine ain't nothing really, you know, but cause I know a lot of people out here that went through way worse, and especially now, like with this new generation, you know, but yeah, I remember like, Going to dumpster, playing in dumpsters and just like, you know, scavenging for food. And, you know, I was like, a, like, like an orphan kid in the street. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I made it this far in life. Honestly, I think I moved out when I was 16 initially. Cause, um, I remember when I moved my dad's girlfriend, she was like, oh, you're too young to move. And it's like, dang, she didn't get it. Like, I tried to kill myself because of her. My sister bullied me so much. Like, my sister would go to school and start rumors about me. And she would get me jumped by kids in the neighborhood. It was, uh, it was a pretty miserable existence, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? And 
wasn't fair. Like I remember uh, the food was labeled in the refrigerator, so we couldn't touch the food because my dad's girlfriend was like, well, I'm buying the food and, uh, you know, this is my food. I need the food for me to eat and survive. So, you know, you guys are out of luck. Don't touch my food. You know, like I remember seeing like the milk have a, a marker line on it. So if there was anything took out of it, she would know. And, uh, you know, she was unfair and, and cruel to me, you know, like she was, you can't go outside. You can't do this. You got to do chores. Like I never even knew what chores were. And so she came along, you know, she put us to work. She put me to work, <clears throat> but she, yeah, she was a uh, very evil towards me. Uh, and, um, but yeah, well, like I said, when I was in <clears throat> going to Worthington Park, my sister, she got raped by this kid named Charles Akpara, O-K-P-A-R-A. And, um, I, I just looked him up like a couple years ago, man. I was so mad. Like, you know, I seen his picture on Facebook. Cause like, I know that he raped my sister, you know, I know he never got in trouble for it or anything. And, um. I went over there to go fight him and was was punching him and fighting on him. I knocked on the door. As soon as he opened the door, bam, punched him in his face and just started fighting with him. His dad broke up the fight, but he raped my sister. You know what I'm saying? I was telling him, like, you raped my sister. I was telling him in front of his dad. They were, like, African or something. But, yeah, when I looked him up on Facebook, like, I can't believe this dude's still in Columbus, Ohio, like, if I ever see that dude, you know, and I'm a, you know, I believe in Jesus. So I, as hard as it is, I have to forgive that dude and let it go. But it just angers me so much. Like, I have so much hate in my heart for that motherfucker. I'm sorry for cussing, but he's a piece of shit. He really is a piece of shit. And, um, anyway, <clears throat> it's a bad childhood, nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? So I made it a long way in life to even be trying to promote anything positive or you know even when I made music like I was attack heavy and um when I linked up with Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony like I was being attacked like really it hasn't stopped like everywhere I go in my life there's always going to be those group of people that are talking behind my back gossiping spreading rumors making stuff up like I don't like this guy like whatever it is but I never understood it, you know what I mean? But now I understand because God has his hand on my life and will be persecuted like Jesus was persecuted. And um, I guess it's worth it in the end because we make it to heaven, right? And I'm 40, so I hope I'm getting closer to my death. At least that's what I ask God for. You know, it'd be nice to get raptured up and not have to face death, but... If I don't make the rapture, uh, being decapitated is probably just as good, you know, because uh, Jesus said he'll snatch your soul. Um, he'll 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 take your soul out of your body before the blade hits the hair on the back of your neck. And uh, only Jesus could do something like, you know, with that type of timing, do something like that, you know. <clears throat> you just got to trust and have faith. And I know it'll be scary. If you don't make the rapture and you're left behind, it's going to be really scary. A lot of people are going to take the mark of the beast out of fear. So I just pray that, <clears throat> you know, if I don't make the rapture, that I do have the strength 
to resist the mark of the beast until death. And I pray that all of you will have that strength as well when it comes to that time. Um, I know God will provide for those left behind. Um, like, you know, the angels are going to help out. You just got to stay in prayer. Like, after the rapture, like, it's it ain't no... um. It ain't no half stepping. It ain't like it ain't like you can't be taking this as a joke no more. Like right now, you should realize it's not a joke anymore, you know. But it's tough, you know, because the demons they wait, you know, they're patient. They they will wait for you to slip up, you know. Some of these are ancient demons, man. So they got the patience to deal with it. They can stick around while you're listening to praise and worship music and. Like me, I got to stay in the word all day long, you know, and even in, when I'm in the word, things happen that trigger my anger, you know, and I have a lot of anger because of how I grew up. You know, you get bullied your whole life. Um, You're not going to be walking around with a smile on your face, you know, uh, you pretty much don't like the world and you don't like the people in this world because of how evil they are, you know. And um, now, you know, like <clears throat> me and my ex are not together. I was with this lady for like 13 years and it never felt right in my soul. You know what I mean? Like I would always catch her looking at other guys and I was the only guy that she dated that wasn't an African-American. So I knew I wasn't her type. You know what I mean? And in the end, when it was all said and done, but I always knew this in the back of my head, like I even told her, like, you know, you know, you'll probably cheat on me. You'll probably end up leaving me, you know, for the type of guys that you like. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. But she was a pathological liar. Like that was just one thing that she always lied. She was extremely secretive. She wants to know everything about you. But when you start asking anything about her, she gets all defensive. She clams up and she doesn't tell you anything. But I learned a lot from her, you know, because I study people. So once I learned, you know, how she acts when she lies and once I was able to know when she lies, um, I caught her lying in everything. man. I remember one time she passed gas in front of me and she lied about that. And it was only me and her there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like, like, was it a ghost? Like, where did the smell come from? You know, and I'm just trying to lighten it up a little bit because when I think about my past, I get really depressed. And uh, actually all day today, I've been extremely suicidal. This whole past week, I've been suicidal because my dad died March 9th, 2018. And um, uh, today was March 9th, 2019. Well, actually now it's March 10th. But um, anyways, initially I just got on here because I wanted to tell everybody that I got the Redesign and Destiny website up. And it's redesignanddestiny.com. And um, I always had this in my heart, like I want to start designing clothes to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, because I believe it's imperative right now that we um, start retraining our thought pr process and start reprogramming our minds, but not only for ourselves, but for the people that we're around, you know, so I want to start designing these shirts and I want to put you know, positive affirmations on it. But more importantly, I want to put um, 
you know, the Bible, you know, I want to put the Bible on the clothing and I don't want it to be like a lot of the, the clothing we see, you know, I want to get straight to the point about a lot of stuff like first Corinthians six, nine, 11, you know, uh, chapter six verses nine through 11. And it, it pretty much tells you right there, um, who's, who will make it to heaven and who won't, you know, and it said that effeminate will not make it into heaven. Those are homosexuals. Um, um, it says that fornicators, people who are having sex outside of marriage or, um, committing adultery on, on, on their spouse, they're not going to make it to heaven. Uh, blasphemers, um, idolaters, people who have idols and worship idols. Um, you know, we prove we love God by listening to him, but. He's telling us things that are beneficial to us in the end. You know, as a child, you may see a stove glowing red and it looks, ooh, wow. And then you want to touch it and it burns off the, the, the flesh on your fingers, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, it looked pretty, but it hurt me. And so maybe before you did that, your parent was like, smacked your hand away. You know, right in the nick of time, smacked your hand away before you touched it. And you started crying because they smacked your hand. But that pain of them smacking your hand isn't as bad as the pain of melted flesh stuck to the stove like cheese. So it's painful, like the sharpening process, like the, you know, like the going through the fire, you know, to be molded into what God wants us to be. It's not a pleasant experience because we are born into a world where the opposite is what's prevalent. You know, they're like, oh, that's gangster or, you know, that's that's hot. That's lit. Like that's like, oh, he's a beast. Like he's a beast, a beast. You know, so everything is opposite here. Like what's bad is good and what's good is bad. Like if you're a kid that gets straight A's in school and, you know, you're a nerd and you get picked picked on and you get bullied. But if you like shun education and you're like you're doing drugs and you're going out partying and you're hooking up with girls or guys, if you're a woman, then you're cool or popular. So this type of brainwashing um, is extremely prevalent now, you know, like you could look up, uh, CIA project Mockingbird. Um, and you know, the CIA is directly involved with the entertainment industry. It, it, it's no wonder that the entertainment industry is the highest paying industry, um, in the world, more than doctors, lawyers, and teachers, you know, and yeah, because it's mind control. So Satan is uh, very interested in keeping you um, naive and, and, uh, ignorant of what's actually going on here. And, uh, <clears throat> I was listening to 97.1 today because they got, uh, UFC is on ESPN now. Uh, other than that, I don't get into any type of sports. And, um, the hosts on 97.1 were just ridiculing flat earthers and but not flat earthers, like adult flat earthers, but kids, kid flat earthers, children. And they're saying that it's because their parents are idiots. 
And it made me so mad. Like, I wanted to find out who this guy is, where he lives in Columbus, and choke the fuck out of him. Sorry for cussing. But I have a righteous anger, you know, against people who do fucked up shit because I've been a victim my whole life. And I know my dad, he would yell like, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. But actually, yeah, I was a victim. You know, I was a victim of child abuse and bullying, you know, within my own family. And um, that's normal, I guess, in the hood. You know, like I see it all the time. I see I see people. I see kids growing up and their parents making fun of them. Uh, you know, oh, you're, you're a pussy, Wayne. You're a pussy, Wayne. You can't do it. And I'm like, this is a little kid and you speak it to a little kid like that. Like, oh, I'm trying to make them tough. Like, it's sad. It's sad when people just think that they can figure stuff out and they can do everything on their own and they could guide yourself and mentor themselves and teach themselves and, I mean, I had to because I didn't have a mentor, you know what I mean? And and maybe those people, they didn't have a mentor either. Like sometimes we don't have any good role models. And a lot of times when you look at other Christians, you lose faith because they're not walking a perfect life or you see them sinning. Like I've been smoking weed these past couple of months. So I look like a hypocrite, you know, and then I get lonely. So then I'll try to talk to some girls and that makes it look bad, too. Um, only God knows our heart. Only God knows what we're going through, you know, but, you know, I shouldn't be trying to find a girlfriend. You know, I was just got out of a 13 year relationship with a pathological liar and cheater. You know, she was cheating on me saying she was going to Zumba classes, you know, and it broke my heart. It broke my heart because it's not like she was the most prettiest woman, you know, like I, my sister told me I settled. And it's like, well, I don't, I'm not judging by beauty. I'm judging by heart. You know, I'm judging by what's on the inside. So it wasn't that I could, you know, I used to date models and strippers and, and really beautiful women before her. But, you know, um, I wanted someone who was going to be loyal and faithful. And initially, I think she was I, at times she was faithful, but there's times where she disappeared with a group of my friends and, and, and left. And stayed all night somewhere where uh my friends were running trains on strippers. And if you don't know what that means, it means that it was like four or five guys were paying to have sex with this girl. And my girlfriend was there and she said she was just watching it. But that's disgusting and vulgar. I never wanted to be with her after that, you know. But I forgave her and decided to overlook it and believe what she told me that she really didn't do anything. She's like, well, I thought you were coming there. And I'm like, what? No, like, I don't even really hang out with those dudes. They're not really my friends. You know what I'm saying? It was like the music thing. I was doing the music thing and there was just a whole bunch of extra people around with that, you know. But she left another time in the middle of the night with a female friend of mine that I went to school with. Well, I didn't go to school with her, but I talked to her when I was in school. Like, she was just a friend or whatever. She went to a different school. And she left with her in the middle of the night. And and I'm pretty sure they were having sex or doing something. Because my girlfriend at the time, she was bisexual. And she even was talking to me about having a threesome. And she planted the seed. And not only that, but she um was um getting on the 
phone chat lines with me to try to find a girl. We were getting on Facebook trying to find girls. And these girls would talk to her, but didn't want to have nothing to do with me. And my, my girlfriend would continue the conversation with them. So basically what I was saying is like, this wasn't a good girl for me. She wasn't like a holy, righteous woman. She was never talking about Jesus. Like I had to do so much work on her. I had to, you know, buy books and get her to read books. And I had introduced her to Dr. Carolyn Leaf and, um, just I try to find her like positive female role models and I always try to talk to her like you should have a hobby like you should find some type of hobby because you know I got a hobby I do music and I'm like exercising and you know um I don't know man it, it's so painful to think about how she did me um it really hurt you know and uh it hurt to know that you know, she possibly cheated on me a couple times before, but I just didn't want to admit it in my mind. But actions speak louder than the words. There was another time where um, I had to change up all the whole group of friends I was around because I didn't trust her and I didn't trust the guys I was hanging out with. You know what I'm saying? Because I would have my studio in the basement and I'd be down there recording music and my friends would be upstairs in the living room having conversations with her. And I'm like, why are you talking to my friends? These are my friends. Like... Why are you entertaining that? So it's tough being in a relationship because, I mean, the world we live in, you know, like you just can't trust anybody. So, I mean, I think it's good that I'm alone now. It's painful, but it's good because I could spend more time with Jesus. And, you know, Jesus isn't going to let me down. Jesus isn't going to break my heart, you know, and I find comfort in his words and, um, you know, I never had a mother, so I didn't grow up with a mom. And I grew up with my dad, who was a player, and he had all kinds of different girlfriends. Like I said, he pawned us off on many different girls uh, to babysit us. And if he couldn't get them to do it, he would hire babysitters. And like I said, um, I had a babysitter once who never fed me, you know, like they literally gave me the um crust off like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to eat. Like they literally gave me scraps, you know. And I was content with that because I was really a, a happy kid, you know, like I never judged anybody. And, you know, I started to, you know, become more bitter and more cold because of how the world treated me. But, you know, over the past, you know, four years, I've really tried to soften my heart and stay in the word and be humble. And I'm a new creation in Christ. And so I really want to walk that and believe that, um, you know, Jesus vision of who I really am is true. I know it's true, you know, but I just have to be obedient, listen to him and, and pay attention to follow him. And, um, you know, just stay in the word and the opposition is heavy. The opposition is there. I mean, I'm at a place in my life where I don't really have any real friends. Like every time I try to find uh, a, a cool friend to hang out with, they make me backslide because they're not serious about the Christian lifestyle and um, being obedient to God. They make up their own rules. They think like, I don't think it's that bad. You know, God created weed. Well, he also created the poppy seeds and the coca plant and all that. But does that mean it's okay to smoke meth and shoot up heroin and, and, and 
sniff coke and smoke crack, you know. So I don't know. I mean, it comes down to just the more you're in the word, the more the word will open up new meanings to you. It's just like it's it's alive and it, there's so many layers. It's unlimited amounts of layers. I will never figure it out in this lifetime. And I think spending an eternity with Jesus will never fully grasp the full, uh, you know, scope of 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 what God is about, you know, um, it will take an eternity and eternity is forever. So it's never ending. You know, his love is everlasting and never ending. And this is going to be a beautiful thing. If, if we can make the rapture, I mean, we definitely want to make the rapture, you know, we definitely want to quit bad habits and we want to stay away from people who trigger those, um, urges and impulses, you know, um, it's tough. Like, you know, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll completely have the mindset on just, you know, waking up, being in praise and worship music with Jesus, uh, posting like rapture visits and dreams on my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter to try to wake up anybody who's connected to my social media accounts. And then, um, someone on my friends list, you know, may post uh, a video or a picture uh, in booty shorts and a bra or something. And then, bam, that quick, my mind is thinking about sex and focused on fulfilling the sexual urge. And it really comes down to controlling the mind. Like, can I distract myself from this quickly enough to where it doesn't pull me into it? Because if I keep looking at this picture, I'm going to get aroused and want to complete that process and you know you gotta be honest you know like some people are like oh well masturbation is not yes it is it's it's a sin it is a sin just like smoking weed is a sin because we're supposed to remain sober and we don't want no smoke in the temple this is where the holy spirit dwells the holy spirit doesn't want to be around smoke and i can tell when i smoke that i don't like it you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm sm like, I'll be smoking weed and I'm like, I'm hitting and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, man. I like it. I'm high. But I literally don't like that smoke uh, pouring out the end of the blunt. I had to, if I'm in the car, I had to roll down the passenger window so the smoke gets pulled out of that window and I don't have to breathe that, that smoke that's coming out the end of the, of the, the blunt. Like, I'm at the point now, like, now I quit, you know, like, I'm not smoking weed no more. And I'm so thankful. And I had to cut off uh, a couple people, you know, that were, you know, trying to push it on me. I don't want to say trying to push it on me because that's not right. But they offered it. And since I'm weak to that um, urge, because, you know, that's one of my crutches, was one of my cr crutches, because we also have to... Um, make sure we speak positively and, and, and reinforce positive talk so we don't accept um, less than what we know we're capable of. You know, I want to put my best foot forward. But, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm living a life of solitude, you know, like I'm 100 percent self-employed working for Uber and um some other, you know, food delivery apps off my phone. And uh, thankfully, I'll be able to make my own schedule 
work when I want to work, but I work every day anyways because you have to go out there and get it because uh, the bills don't stop coming. That's for sure. And um, stay disciplined, you know, and I had a good routine going, you know, I had a great routine going. I was going to the gym. I mean, I was going to go to I was going to boxing class and then at the boxing class, I'll go to the gym and work out and then I'll work the rest of the day to like 10 p.m. So like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. I work like eight hours and then from like 10 to midnight, I'll try to come home and work on that website, redesigndestiny.com or uh, on music. So this is how I'm trying to just keep my day completely filled. And when I'm driving around during the day, um, I'm just listening to YouTube and, um, you know, listen to 91.5. Even though they do put Joyce Myers on there sometimes, I realize some people don't fully. A lot of people are deceived because there's a lot of false pastors out there. And I don't want to get into like bashing Joyce Meyer or Joy Oystein or anything like that, because as long as you're still breathing, uh, you have a chance of redemption and salvation. But um, I don't want to promote those people um, because I got to work on myself, you know. And like I said, no, we're all sinners here. Not one of us is perfect. So if we're looking uh, for a perfect example, that's not going to happen here. You got to look, excuse me, you got to look to Jesus. You got to look to Jesus for that example. They say, follow Jesus, don't follow Christians. You know what I mean? We're sinners. We're going to mess up. And even the best of us are ha going to have off days. Like, no day is perfect because the, the more you go into Christ, the more opposition you got from the enemy. I mean, think about it. It's, if Satan is delegating responsibilities to his demons, they're going to gang up on whoever is stronger in Christ. Pastors, preachers, you know what I mean? Married couples living in a faithful relationship. Uh, that's his focus. His focus isn't the dude that's going to the club every night, coming home with three different girls, getting drunk, partying, you know. And I'm not saying nothing bad about that because I've definitely done my fair share of partying in my life. And even more so now that I'm not in a relationship because of loneliness. Because I'm like, dang, every day, same thing. Wake up, boxing, exercise, work, come home, uh, write a song or, you know, work on the website or watch, you know, more Jesus. I've had so much Jesus that it was like. The demons in me just can't handle it, you know, like, which means I couldn't handle it because I'm demonic, you know, and, um, or was demonic. I mean, we, we have, I mean, I have really, I get really irritable when I'm, um, withdrawing, going through withdrawal, like, um, trying to detox and stuff because my body is just so used to having cannabis in my system on a day-to-day -day basis that it thinks it's normal. So when you don't have it, your body doesn't know how to react because it's probably not producing um, the chemicals naturally since it was getting it from the cannabis. You know, I don't really know the science behind it. I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Anyway, redesignandestiny.com is the website. 
I haven't been on here in a few months and I was pretty amazed to see all my, the views on um this podcast went up. They're like in the 60s and 70s now. When I first did it, it was like two or three listeners. So I don't know who's out there who's listening, but I could tell you one thing. Um, helicopters have been following me heavily because... I am spreading information. I'm spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, I put up stickers everywhere I go and I travel everywhere in Ohio, pretty much like Columbus and surrounding areas, Hebron, Utica, Baltimore, Lancaster, uh, Galloway, Lewis Center, Delaware. Um, yeah, I travel every day, uh, far. And so I'm putting these stickers up. But not only that, these stickers have my, you know, IG handle. And if you don't have it, it's Ilion, I-T-S-A-E-I-L-E-O-N. It's Ilion, I-T-S-A-E-I-L-E-O-N. Um, and I'm, you might be able to just Google Ilion. You might be able to Google A-E-I-L-E-O-N and it'll pop up, but... I don't know, but I know my Instagram is it's Ilion and um my uh Facebook is Met for More Than This with the number four. So M E A N T uh the number four M O R E T H A N T H I S and that's also under Ilion A E I L E O N <clears throat> But um my Twitter handle is La Free Age Empire. L A F R E E A G E E M P I R E. But I'm rarely on that. Mainly my focus is like stealing memes off of Facebook, posting it on on Instagram, but when I post it on Instagram, I share it on a Twitter and Facebook if I can remember to do Twitter. Usually it's just Facebook. <clears throat> so I try to do that daily. And I'm building up a community with that because this website is really for people who are on the same path as me. Uh, I'm not going to focus on something that I'm not interested in. And my main focus here is Jesus and just trying to better who I am. And sometimes, like I said, it's just better to be alone to do this because when you have new people in your life, Satan begins to immediately start breaking down those relationships. Trust me, I know this from personal experience. He will find a way. You could be on your best behavior. You could do everything perfect. And he's going to get, he's going to find a way to slip through the cracks and make it to where these people start judging you like, oh, she, she thinks she's holier than thou. And she doesn't like the demons and other people are a lot stronger than the demons in a Christian, I think, just because of the fact that, you know, we know who to go to. You know, we know to go to Jesus. We know to go to prayer. Not saying that we're experts in this. We mess up too, you know, but we we find our way back to Jesus because we know Jesus. Whereas people who don't know Jesus um, are just content in um, being worldly, you know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, you know. Like, oh, I, I put out the same energy you give me. I get that because I do that too. Like, I, I looked out heavily for a couple people and, uh, they burnt 
they burnt the bridge between us, you know, like they took advantage. Um, they started getting comfortable. Um, but really what it comes down to is just people thinking that they're better than you and looking down on you and speaking down on you. And as soon as I start noticing that type of energy, I get away. Like my ex, she was, she was starting to tear me down and be really cruel towards me and say evil things to me and stuff. And I knew, like I already knew at that moment that, um, we weren't going to be together much longer. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you just can't change people, you know, but you can change you. And sometimes you got to get away from all those distractions so you can change you. So you can really develop, uh, your own schedule, uh, put some type of organization to your life and have a plan, you know? Um, and I think the best thing to do, man, is just, soon as you start feeling bad and start having like depressing thoughts or anything immediately try to you know i go to youtube because i mean what else do we have really you know i go to youtube and i just start searching you know anything jesus anything and if i'm if, if somebody's talking rapture vision rapture dream you know i i listen to testimonies heaven and hell testimonies Sid Roth was a big factor in me becoming a born again Christian. Um, whatever helps you, you know what I mean? But the thing is, you can't take any one person's, um, ministry wholeheartedly because men are failed. You know, we are sinners and there's a lot of false pastors out there and you won't know because you just don't know. But if they're not preaching end time revelations, um, and they're not preaching against like homosexuality and like things like that. That's not really a good person to listen to. Like we shouldn't try to um, preach the word to cater to people. We should preach the word to cater to God. You know, it's all about what God thinks of us, not what people think of us. Uh, that's what's going to pay off in the end. Um being close to Jesus as much as possible, praying as much as possible. I mean, you got to pray. You have to pray honestly as much as possible. We have to stay close to Jesus because in the twinkling of an eye, the rapture can happen. It can happen right now as I'm speaking. You know what I mean? And I want to go and we have to confess our sins. We can't just be like, oh, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins or anything that I've done in my life that's sinful or that's... uh looked down upon by you like we gotta you know god will bring up things like he'll even bring you around people that you had grudges against that you don't know you had a grudge against until you seen them that day you know and the whole reason you seen them or you cross paths with them is so you can forgive them you know uh god's trying to help us make it to heaven you know but heaven is a pure and perfect place and we're not we were before the curse before the fall before Eve, <laughs> before Eve ate, ate off the forbidden uh, tree of knowledge and then she gave us the fruit to eat, you know, but um, Adam knew what she did, but Adam couldn't imagine being without Eve. So he, 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 he fell into darkness too, you know, 
regrettably, you know, because he tried to kill himself a couple times after that. But yeah, you guys should also look up like the books that were took out of the Bible, like the book of Adam and Eve, the book of Enoch, the book of Jasher, the book of Bartholomew or the gospel of Bartholomew. I think they got that in the Catholic Bible, but that's a really good one. Uh, I'm Christian, though, but, you know, I love you guys. And um, I guess I'll try to be more consistent with these podcasts. Check out my website. Peace.